Welcome to Trauma Talk. This program encourages you to do a mental assessment of any trauma you have experienced and help you become proactive in your own personal healing and thereby create a better world for you and your loved ones to live and thrive in. Now, here is the host of Trauma Talk, Ezrina Rose Scott. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Trauma Talk. We've had quite a morning here. The lady I'm interviewing today uh, was stuck across the other side of the lake and took about an hour to get to my office, so she walked in about two minutes ago. So um, I'm hoping we'll have a smooth episode. Welcome, Gina. Thank you, Gina. Hi. (laughs) So with me today is Gina Locke, and Gina has a diploma in human kinetics, which is the study of human movement, and she works at Okanagan College as the acting coordinator of athletics, recreation, and student life. Well, at this point, she was working at Okanagan College until she was riding her motorbike one day and got hit by a vehicle. So she is going to tell us a little bit more about that. Um, She also works as a personal trainer and has achieved her level 10 Wing Chun. Um, So Gina has a very intimate knowledge with the body and how the body works and how the body moves. And now Gina has uh, some intimate experience and knowledge with how the body heals. So Gina, let's begin. Tell us a little bit about, do you want to start with your experience? What happened to you or what your knowledge is of the body? Let's Let's talk about the body first. Okay, let's start with the body. Go for it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Oh, well, first of all, the body is miraculously put together and yeah, incredibly efficient. And yeah. sometimes when I hear things, people saying, well, you know, oh, that's just a vestigial this or that. And it's like, no way. Like everything in us works in the most coordinated and beautiful way. Yeah, it's phenomenal. We just usually don't understand it. Yeah. And I find that still there's so much. I mean, it's, it's the cool thing about science because it's such a realm for imagination but too many times people take it as hard fact and there's so much we don't know. Yeah. So things we do know is that our bodies basically run on air and electricity because we run on oxygen, right, which our cardiovascular system moves throughout our body to all our tissues and is used in one way or another in most of our processes. Um, electricity, the electrical impulses are what allow muscle contractions and movement essentially and um, how for our brain to communicate through our nervous system um, which is really interesting to think about because it already puts us on on a much more of a almost an esoteric level than just thinking about our bones and our muscles which often are what actually get addressed in the medical system more right Right. it's like what do we see and what is most palpable Um, like the tangible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But interestingly, even things like like our ability to get oxygen to our body are very affected by our emotions and by our experiences in the moment. So when I was doing school, if I was very stressed, I would have a way harder time getting enough air in when I would be doing sprints or when I would be training than if I am having a fabulous time and just totally relaxed about right or if you know if anyone has ever had the experience of 
crying very hard and how much that affects your ability to breathe. Yeah, which you means, can hyperventilate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which, so none of your systems at that point are ready to do much else except focus on just the emotion that's going on, right? And when you extend that kind of thing, same with anger, right? Anger can be incredibly energizing and motivating. Yeah, and get you to move, 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 right? But it changes your breathing patterns. So it changes where the oxygen is going to. And it also changes where the energy focus in your body is going to. So all the blood rushes to your muscles. So you're ready to fight as opposed to, you know, to your stomach. So you're ready to digest and relax or whatever. So it, yeah, our bodies are quite amazing. And they are also fully equipped to heal most of the time, unless you have you know, catastrophic, catastrophic um, breaks of bones and stuff like that, right? But but most of the time, besides catastrophe, we know how to heal. We just need to give ourselves the tools and support to do it, mm-hmm. right? And that's one of the things that I that I love about studying the body is because it's kind of like a puzzle. It's like how do we how do we find what people maybe aren't noticing on their own or aren't being able to hear the signals from your body and how do you put that together mm-hmm. and give them the tools so that then they can move smoothly and effectively and you know hopefully by extension be more in contact with the rest of themselves too yeah and one of the things that i i observe in my work is when someone has experienced a physical trauma they they tend to overlook the the mental aspect of the physical trauma, the emotional aspect, the spiritual, all the all those pieces, and that's why I incorporate the the energy work and the body work with my psychological work because it our whole body works as a system, and the people that are healing all aspects of the body they progress faster. So and, and you and you can speak to that. I know I've yeah, experienced yeah. that when I got rear-ended um, in a, in a vehicle. I had been focusing on the physical pain and how to get better and how to heal my muscles, how to heal my bones, how to heal concussion and whiplash. And then I discovered later on, oh my gosh, I overlooked the psychological piece until it all came to the surface. So, so Gina, you mm-hmm. were riding your motorcycle yes, and you got hit by a vehicle. Now, let me remember, is this last fall? It, how it many months the, ago? And uh, Near the end of August of 2017. 2017. Okay. Yeah. Would you like to tell us a little bit about your experience? Sure. Well, I was um, coming home after a very triumphant day. Actually, I'd worked all day in Penticton and then gone rock climbing with my beloved. And then I was riding home, which I had been doing for years. And um, somebody did not obey the stop signs and um, we collided and human bodies are really tough and really frail at the same time and quite sometimes resilient, despite yeah. fractures and you know, broken yeah. bones and they're, they're just uh, they're amazing oh totally yeah. so I had um, multiple fractures to my pelvis and ruptured my bladder and uh, multiple fractures to both forearms um, compound fractures and then I had my elbow dislocated and um, sheared off the head of my radial bone in my elbow and had my knee dislocated and tore multiple ligaments through my knee. Um, and so then, yeah, it it was, I knew I was conscious at the time. I was wearing really good gear, which was great. Yeah. Um, but then 
it meant that I was awake for a lot of the aftermath as well, which was which is a mixed blessing. You know, there's some things I'm I'm it it has allowed me to process and move through mm-hmm. um, consciously, mm-hmm. but in some ways it was terrifying. And then I was in the hospital for um, two months. I had amazing surgeons, amazing nurses, but it was still not. It's a two months I will never repeat if I can help it ever, ever. Mm-hmm. So two months in the hospital, um, and then my family busted me out, and it wouldn't it would have been possible without them because they basically took me home as my nurses. I was not mobile yet. And then family and friends took me home and took care of me and nursed me until I could start moving. And I actually started coming and seeing you shortly after I was out of the hospital because that was one of the things that I knew was as you said so important is 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 addressing everything physically and emotionally and spiritually for myself and so that was one of the ones that I knew that I was going to need some some real help with okay yeah and so I started coming see you probably not even a month after I'd gotten home okay and what were the signs that you knew you would require some form of counseling? Because my, my approach is different, mm-hmm. as you know. Um, what were those signs? So we can help other people maybe recognize that they might have some of those symptoms and signs and, and they might, you know, seek some help. For sure. Well, I think um, there was a number of ones. So um, even in the hospital, I had real difficulty sleeping. Okay. Um, and that, you know, that disrupted sleep or that being very tired but not able to sleep or sleeping in, in small bursts, kind of. Um, my anxiety was quite high and it started to mount, especially when I got home. So um, I think it was it was a feeling of helplessness, mm-hmm. um, but just a general anxiety, and especially when it would start to get dark. I would just be anxious, anxious. Um, I had flashbacks, and the flashbacks were often the of you know the moment because I saw the car coming through, and so knew that I was about to get hit, and then I would relive that moment. And the the in, the interesting thing about the flashbacks were that in the intensity, I would. I would feel it all again. I would hear it all again. I would smell it like it would be the whole experience. And it would hit me really hard. And then I would be kind of shocked and stunned. So the flashbacks, um, I also had some flashbacks in the hospital. And I, and those were from when I would go to get tests done or more x-rays or more CT scans. And then in like during the process, I would be having flashbacks from having come in an emergency and having them, um, and then and then also, um, I I am a very imaginative person, and I didn't daydream or make up stories at all in the hospital, like not at all. And that is oh, so that piece was incredibly for unusual for me. Oh. Yeah, and it was, and I mean, I was in the hospital for a long time with a lot of open hours and there was just like it's like my brain would not open any stories for me and I don't know whether that was afraid of having to how to imagine myself because I didn't want to imagine myself broken 
Right. Or if I didn't want to imagine these stories where I could move and be free and then come back to a body that couldn't. But it was like, it was really interesting because, yeah, it was just my brain would only let me focus on what was immediately to be done. So I would do muscle contractions or I would do visualization of my bones healed and stuff. But there was no, there was no just, just to, to get away or to enjoy life in my brain. No room for that. So would you say that your body, speaking of your body being mm-hmm. so efficient, that it was using all of its energy and sending it to the areas of your body to heal and daydreaming and and fantasizing and using your imagination was not necessary. So your body didn't send energy to your brain to use as imagination. Would you say that that could have happened? That's totally possible. Because, yeah, yeah, I was like, I was a healing machine in there. Like, that was everything I did. Which is phenomenal that your body knew to do that. So just to review here, some Mm -hmm. of the the traits of uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, is disruptive sleep, anxiety, flashbacks, and a sense of reliving a traumatic experience. So mm-hmm. reliving it, despite it happening, say, two, three, four, five months ago, um, what happens is you it still feels real in your body, like it's yeah. happening again and again and again. So you can feel it, you can see it, you can hear the sounds, you can smell it. Those are very clear signs of a possible post-traumatic stress disorder. So if anybody has uh, that sense, then please do seek help because when we're in PTSD, sometimes we don't even know it. Um, So even if someone else can recognize the signs and encourage people to get help. Okay, so tell us more about your healing process. Well, and, and another interesting one, and these were all things that were starting to lead me actually towards seeking help and to coming and find you is that I was also not really processing anger or grief per se about the accident and I think some of that again was my body's putting energy into coping yeah in the moment right but it was also you know it was like I remember being so concerned and worried about the the person who'd hit me that he had some support and worried about the people around me and how they were feeling and stuff. But it was just like, I didn't, I cried in the hospital, obviously, but I never just cried about what had happened. I never, and I also wasn't feeling really angry. I was just kind of like, hmm, well, now I have to get on with life. Now I have to heal. And it was like, and I know from enough of my own life experience and background training that, that, there are stages that that you go through in healing and I wasn't hitting those and why wasn't I? And I have a tendency to kind of try to make things better, but it's like I didn't want this to be something that goes with me through the rest of my life. And frankly, I am absolutely interested in healing as much as possible. And so to me, it was like I need to make sure that my that my whole being is on board and able to heal, mm-hmm. and that's and those are the parts that that I don't have the expertise or know how to touch. Right. Well, it's interesting. Uh, two of the words that stand out for me, what you said was anger and grief, and uh, there this is a grieving process for you because you have been grieving loss of mobility, 
loss of functioning, loss of freedom, and and because of the physical trauma. And interestingly, uh, on next uh, Tuesday's radio episode, I will have Mr. Claire Jensen talking about the grieving process. And one of the stages of grieving is anger. Mm -hmm. And if you remember, that's one of the things that we discussed is how to process that anger. And I believe that when you can process anger, for example, um, then you can use energy in your body to heal. Mm -hmm. But sometimes emotions can get stuck or the emotions can get frozen in the body. And I think it can hinder the healing process. What do you say to that, June? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I think, think, you know, um, in martial arts, so much of it is about channeling our internal energy and moving our energy through. And it really is, I think a lot of times people think about martial arts as fighting, but... um, well, it's an art form. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And and yeah. and I studied kung fu for years and years, and and um, and it is so much about being able to move energy through and use your breath to move yeah. it through your body. Yeah. And that is one of those ones where I know from from all of my years of training too that when things get stuck in my body, I can't I can't get it out unless sometimes. I move and then address it, right? Or move and then feel it or feel what's going on. So it's it's that that interconnectedness. Mm-hmm. All right. And we're going to talk more about that interconnectedness uh, in a few moments. We're going to take a short break, Gina. Sure. Okay. on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world and that includes you visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment visit Ezrina.ca for information about counseling and body healing services Ezrina is a master's therapeutic counselor registered with the Association of Cooperative Counseling Therapists of Canada she has 10 years of counseling experience she will work both in her office as well as via Skype or will travel to your area through her workshops You can even schedule a session online. These sessions are one hour or 90 minutes long. Visit Ezrina.ca. Again, that's Ezrina.ca. Ezrina Rose Scott conducts several workshops every year, and she can bring them to you wherever you are. Visit Ezrina.ca or call 250-212-5596 for more information. Ezrina is an Access Consciousness Practitioner. Her popular workshops include Access Consciousness, The Bars, as well as workshops on money, body, and relationships. Ezrina's workshops can help you get unstuck and move forward in your life. Find out more or bring a friend along. Visit Ezrina.ca for more information or call 250-212-5596. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. 
VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Trauma Talk with Ezrina Rose Scott. To reach our program today, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, you can send it to Ezrina at Ezrina.ca. Now, let's return to Trauma Talk. All right, so we were talking about the body and it, the interconnectedness um, of the, the physical body, the mental, the emotional, uh, the spiritual. When Gina first came to me in the first session, uh, I had no idea ahead of time, but she showed up in a wheelchair. Her, and she had this sense that her body was broken, and literally uh, parts of her body were broken. And she was in so much pain that I had to prepare her to do some of the psychological work because her her cognitive thought processes were pretty much consumed with the pain. Would you agree, Gina? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. So sometimes what I do in my practice, and this might be helpful for the audience, I hope it is, is I do incorporate some of the healing body processes um, and the one, some of the ones I use are from Access Consciousness. And the reason I, I use them is because what can happen with trauma is our psychological system can be overwhelmed and can take pieces of the experience and store them away. So we're, we're not even consciously aware of pieces of what happened. So they get suppressed. However, everything is still available in the body. The body remembers everything. So with Gina, I began with some healing body processes um, to bring some ease to her body to expedite the healing process. And interestingly, what happens is when the body unlocks trauma and starts to release it, that's when the brain can start uh, having the awarenesses Mm -hmm. and some of the details of the trauma start to surface. Then we uh, can start addressing that. So sometimes I would run a body process and run the psychological piece with with Gina. So, you know, her sense of helplessness, hopelessness, or the anger that surfaced, or anything that it just all comes together rather quickly. Would yeah. you say, Gina? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I found it, I found it so helpful um, because it meant that Instead of sitting and trying to think about how am I feeling or trying to, you know, getting stuck in the moment while you started working with the body process, I found things surfacing and then it would be really amazing. So, um, you know, I remember working through some of the intense flashbacks that I had and because I was so fragile at the time, right, I had to lay down, I couldn't sit through a session, um, while I was lying there and you would be doing something to help ease my body and help let my body know. Because I think that's the other thing is that it's protected, right? right. And that it's safe. Because even in the hospital, um, even though what they were doing was to help me, everything that they were doing was causing pain. The surgeries caused me more pain. They were giving me needles, which caused me pain. And so I... And fear. Yeah. And so my body constantly felt like it was under assault. Right. So it was always fighting, right. even though 
it was supposed to be helping. And then I'm yeah. trying to consciously as an adult override my body's fear and saying, no, no, this pain is good for you. This is going to help you, right? And so, you know, some of some of the process that you says that you were doing that were unlocking the trauma that was held in my body yeah. were incredibly freeing because then suddenly I would be find that I was crying and crying, and then it was like, oh, this is what I'm seeing. This yeah. is part from my accident that is I'm reliving it right now, or this concern, or this. So when my hands would go to certain areas of your body, like your thymus or your solar plexus, and and my gentle touch would actually invite your body to feel safe, right? Mm -hmm. Then when your body feels safe, it actually starts to release the fear and the anxiety and the distress in your body. And then when that clears... That's when some of the unsuppressed material comes up into your cognitive awareness. And any time unsuppressed material releases, it actually releases psychological tension, which you had a release and a relief after, hey? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting, like, with my background of physical movement, and I have always, I feel like I've always been in action, right? That is one of the things that I often have to do. If I'm really upset or if I've been really angry, thing, I need to walk around or I need to move or I would go for a run or something and I would move it through my body mm-hmm. and then I would be able to think about it and talk about it. Mm-hmm. But if somebody was to say, like, I want you to sit here in this chair and then just get angry with me, it's like, I can't. There's too much energy moving around, but I can't access it. Right? right. And so and that's what I found to a lot of the the combination of the body processes with the with the actual um, cognitive therapy where we're talking through things. Mm-hmm. It brought it all together. Mm-hmm. And so I could I could be accessing and processing and then releasing so that I could access and process more. Because I think that's one of the other parts that that I really valued with you is that when we do a body processes, it releases something. Yeah. So then it's not stuck there still. Right. Right. So then there is room to start bringing up more more issues or dealing with things or going further yeah. down. And w- what I do, like with you, Gina, when I was running the body process and you would actually connect like, oh, wow, I'm feeling really angry right now. And I would use a, a very simple yet very powerful uh, tool called unlayering with you. Mm-hmm. And we that's the psychological piece. You know, what are you angry about? And then get you talking about that. And it these these little tools that I incorporated while your body was releasing, um, they prepares you for another process like unblocking. So, for example, unblocking, brilliant process uh, developed by Dr. Frank Gerbodi. He's the founder of Metapsychology. Oh my gosh, I am so fond of um, unblocking and some of his other tools for metapsychology. So the unblocking is the piece where Gina was then, she came to a place where she could look at the accident, like view it in her mind without going into like the denial of it, without compartmentalizing pieces of it. Do you remember that? Like you could actually then confront the entire experience. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And we also used EMDR with you for various reasons. And mm-hmm. EMDR is, again, one of my favorite tools as well. So why don't you share a little bit about what that felt like for you, those using those tools okay. in your healing process? Sure. So it was, it was really great because, again, it meant that I could, I could just experience and then I could talk about the experience and then 
Azrina would take me back into this experience again, and we would just kind of work through discharging it. Yeah, piece by piece. Piece by piece. Yeah. And, and one of the important things for me is that I found that, um, and we ended up talking about it a little bit, is that I would get stuck in places, right? Yeah. So I would get stuck in the in the incredible surge of fear that I had just as just as the the car collided with me or you know the incredible surge of fear I had um in the ER in the emergency room, right? And those would be places that would that were it's almost like they were like fireworks in my head. They were really fuzzy, but then when we'd go into them and and work through them, then I could go back and be calm going into it. Or, so in the beginning, it feels like it arrests your body. Yeah. And it, that's not conducive to healing. Yeah, So absolutely. when you move the energy and start releasing whatever this is, fear, anger, what have you, then it, it frees up the energy in your body to heal. Totally. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting to see how it's almost like, it's almost like a little kid watching a show that is way too above them in complexity, how they make sense of it and how they interpret it might not really have anything to do with what the show is actually about, but they make up this story or whatever so that they can understand it. And in some ways that's almost like, that's almost like my experience of trauma. It's like the, the, the experience was so overwhelming in the moment yes. that my body and brain had to do something with it in yeah. a way because it couldn't make sense of it in that moment. There was too much, too too intensely, and so it just took little pieces of it. It yeah. was like, I got this, I got this, and the rest I'm going to hide or stick somewhere. And, and so those were the parts. It was like, I have to call up and look at and talk about consciously so that I can move through them. So that's really interesting the way you say that, Gina. So some of the pieces you remembered and some of the pieces you didn't. Mm -hmm. And would you say that uh, because you're missing pieces, that with trauma being so overwhelming to the mind and the body, that some of it can get misfiled in the brain? Oh, definitely. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I was saying in an earlier episode of Harvey Jackins' theory is, yeah, we just we store information in our brain, but sometimes it gets misfiled, and sometimes we make uh, distorted um, stories or um, negative beliefs that aren't actually true. Yeah, yeah, they're just based on a sudden flash. Yeah. Right, yeah. And would you say by me having you look at the trauma and go through the trauma that you were being re-traumatized? No, no, absolutely not. It actually was really empowering. I mean, it was, there were days where I knew I would come and I'd be like, oh man, this is going to be work. (laughs) But at the same time, I always left feeling better. Yeah. And I could... Sometimes tired. Tired, for sure, (laughs) which was good. But I could notice the difference and and it would be, and and sometimes it would be just small, but it would be like, oh, wow, I realize that I haven't had flashbacks today at all. And And every realization is a shift. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And then it would get bigger or it would be that thing where I would go back or you would have me go back to revisit something and, and already my own self would be able to start helping myself out. And kind of calming myself down in the moment of that panic of so self-regulating. Yeah, yeah, and that was, and that was, that's that difference between being stuck in the moment yeah. and so reliving the trauma every time, and then yeah. suddenly being like, oh, you know what? 
you got this, you can make it through this, or don't worry, I'm here with you, or, you know, like that kind of, which are things that we learn even as children, right? We learn to self-soothe and self-regulate and know things are okay. But when something is so beyond our scope. Such as trauma. Right. We we can lose that ability. Yes. Yeah. It can get stuck and it can take us further away from our, what Harvey Jackins calls our flexible intelligence, our ability to respond to the environment accurately and with ease. Absolutely. Right. So trauma stops that process. It just arrests our capacities. Um, I remember when, like I said, when you first came in, you were in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And then the second time you came in, you had this big brace on your, your leg and you had a walker. Mm-hmm. And then gradually you didn't bring the walker and then you had just the brace. And then you'd show up yeah. without the brace and you were walking with more ease. And those were physical signs of progress. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about the the mental and emotional signs of progress that you noticed uh, okay. from healing. I think one of the... One of the, well, some of the things that I noticed, um, definitely the change in flashbacks. So they weren't terrifying and then they weren't happening as much. So I still have the same flashes come up in my head, uh, the same picture, exactly what happened to me, but I don't relive it anymore in that, in that panicked state. I can kind of watch it and go, okay. And then I can have the emotions about it. And that's a really interesting one. So then I can get angry and go, oh, right. And then I can feel sad about it. And then I can be like, and now here I am. And this is how I'm healing. So it's like, I've been, it's almost like I get to be my grown up self. I get to move through with the skills I have from life now because the trauma isn't holding me. Right. right. I, I also had a huge decrease in um, anxiety. And um, I'm able to drive again. And that was one of the things that was really hard, even being a passenger, is I was constantly reliving impact. So lots of people don't stop at stop signs. They roll through and then they stop. they do. (laughs) And when they roll through and I'm a passenger in the car and I see them rolling, I I hear the cars crashing. I feel the impact. I you know, I, I can I can smell the smell of, of metal breaking. Like, it's an awful experience, and it's a flash. And so I was really nervous about driving because I thought, oh, my God, like, how am I ever going to be able to get past this? I'm going to be so reactive. And that has gone way down. It's still there a little bit, but it's gone way down, and that was something I really noticed as well. Yeah, I noticed that I would be a passenger, and I would be braking, yeah. In the passenger seat. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's no brake. I know I'm not driving the vehicle. I know I'm not in control. Yeah. But man, was my body re- reacting because it was just, it was full of anxiety being in traffic. And yeah, it's um, it's uncomfortable for sure. So uh, some of the signs of progress mm-hmm. look like um, a reduction in the frequency the duration and the intensity of your symptoms. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. what you noticed as uh, progress. Yeah, definitely. And the ability to have emotions come up and move through them, right? Like I said, anger was a challenging one for me because I I knew that it must be in there somewhere, but trying to... but trying to find it is like or express hmm. it yeah and that was and that's the thing is that now it's like it can come up 
in, you know, like I'll be, I'll be doing my physio and it hurts and it's hard and it sucks because I was very physically fit and able. And then it will be, you know, I will be angry and frustrated. And then it's like, and then I can cry for a few minutes and then it's like, okay, now I get back to what I'm doing. It's like, I can, I can let my emotions move through me. Mm-hmm. And then keep working the way I know that I want to and that I must in order to heal, right? Instead of getting stuck or move into despair or into a depression or anything like that, because things are just able to move. They're not they're not getting hooked. Yeah, and I find in in this work a lot of people, one, uh, they don't know how to identify emotions, let alone express them. And then when they do erupt, like anger, guilt, fear, anxiety, despair, sorrow, whatever it is, is they don't know how to be with it. So they put it in lockdown and mm. it gets stuck in our body and they they don't know how to process it. So when you say let these emotions process through you, does that mean you're um, simply acknowledging that they're there and allowing them to surface and dissipate? Because a lot of people just lock them up in their body true um I often speak to them like I will speak out loud like I will speak out loud to to the person who hit me or to the situation in the moment or you know or to to the inability because I also don't want to be angry at my body I, right. Because it's doing its best Absolutely. to heal, right? Yeah. But I'll speak to like I'm just so angry. This is what I know I could do, and because of what happened, I can't. And so this is where I'm at now. Okay. So and then and then I and then and then usually that lets it go, right? Like it's it yeah, it's just needing to be acknowledged, and that uh, and and not railed against even just this is this is I accept what's happening because that's what's happening. Okay, so you you acknowledge that it's there mm-hmm. and then you express it. Yeah. Okay, that's an excellent tool. Yeah. Um, we're just going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment. Okay. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Visit Ezrina.ca for information about counseling and body healing services. Ezrina is a master's therapeutic counselor registered with the Association of Cooperative Counseling Therapists of Canada. She has 10 years of counseling experience. She will work both in her office as well as via Skype or will travel to your area through her workshops. You can even schedule a session online. These sessions are one hour or 90 minutes long. Visit Ezrina.ca. Again, that's Ezrina.ca. Ezrina Rose Scott conducts several workshops every year, and she can bring them to you wherever you are. Visit Ezrina.ca or call 250-212-5596 for more information. Ezrina is an Access Consciousness Practitioner. Her popular workshops include Access Consciousness, The Bars, as well as workshops on money, body, and relationships. Ezrina's workshops can help you get unstuck and move forward in your life. Find out more or bring a friend along. Visit Ezrina.ca for more information or call 250-212-5596. 
Voice America is going live from Phoenix Comic Fest 2018. Tune in voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Check out all the fan favorites as we give you an inside look into the latest and greatest in film and television with on-site exclusive celebrity interviews, cosplay, comics, geekdom, and more. Check out hashtag Voice America, hashtag Behind the Scenes, and hashtag DYIG to follow the latest action on social media. Listen live at voiceamerica.com forward slash live events May 25th starting at 1 p.m. Voice America CEO Jeff Spinard VP Ryan Treasure will be live on site at 2 p.m. Friday for a special broadcast of Finding a Frequency Radio. Tune in Voice America the leader in live internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Trauma Talk with Ezrina Rose Scott. To reach our program today, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, you can send it to Ezrina at Ezrina.ca. Now, let's return to Trauma Talk. All right, so I just want to mention about counseling. Um, There still is a little bit of a a stigma around counseling. Uh, Some people have the point of view that when someone goes to counseling, that there is something wrong with them. And that isn't that isn't true. Uh, there's just things that they're having difficulty with or need help um, changing, say, some um, negative thoughts about themselves or getting through a difficult situation. And counseling, there's so many different forms. I specialize in trauma, so I'm a trauma therapist, and my approach is different. So uh, traditional counseling includes talk therapy. Um, but if you have had a traumatic experience, a trauma therapist, well, in me in particular, I have a really different approach where I really bring together the the physical, the mental, the emotional, um, the spiritual, the, the energy that runs through our body. So do consider that. There's a lot of different um, styles. And it, it really is about healing and changing something that you want to be different in your world. What do you say to that, Gina? Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. I would love for people to look at getting help for for traumatic experiences, for instance. I mean, I'd love for people just to look at getting help when they need a little bit of extra support, like that counseling be something as natural as going to the walk-in clinic, you know. But I think if there are things that you find that get you stuck in life or that you you keep repeating somehow or you come back to something that keeps hooking you back, Mm -hmm. it's worth looking into. And I think something that I have definitely witnessed in my life, um, in others and had happened in my life is that what you think is traumatic is definitely traumatic for you. Yeah, it's very subjective, isn't it? Yeah, and I think there's that, that, right, where sometimes people are like, well, this shouldn't bother me. It didn't bother someone else. And it's like, right. but you aren't someone else. And that's a really important one, too, because I think we get taught sometimes to discount our experiences. Oh, absolutely. You know, or to look and see what others And are. compare ourselves to others. Yeah. yeah. And then go, oh. And that's 
that's a huge one. You know, like um, I was actually talking with my mom the other day and she was relating back to me um, a number of experiences that she's had over the years that were I like they made me cry like they were really traumatic with dogs and dogs getting hurt or dogs in distress and stuff like that and I was just like oh my god like you need to see a trauma counselor about this and her thought has always been she loves dogs and she doesn't understand why she seems to have anxiety around them like and that certain experiences instantly she is totally anxious like enough that I feel it off her and I get like, breathe, and I'm like, I'm ready to take action because she's so scared. And yet she loves dogs. And it's like, what's going on? And as she was telling me all these experiences, like, oh, but she obviously hasn't thought of it. And other people around her haven't thought of it. And it's like, those have been highly traumatic. And depending on how old you are and what your experience is. And I think even sometimes what your emotional state is. There are times when I am vulnerable and I know I cannot read this book. I will never be able to get over it. I will save that for the summer and the beach, right? Like, So I'd like to speak to that because the word trauma seems to intimidate people. Yes. And I think the majority of people that I deal with anyways, they discount the impact that their experiences have had on them. And like you said, trauma is very subjective. So what I see, the people that choose to come see me, they often show up with symptoms that Mm -hmm. they want to get rid of. I'm the one that does the, you know, like the psychological CSI work, and I can go back and, and help them discover that, oh, do you think this traumatic incident is actually contributing to your level of anxiety? So in the case of your mom, um, she would probably seek someone to help her with anxiety. We would discover that some of that was from witnessing traumatic incidents with dogs. Right. So some people have very clear traumatic incidents. I would say most people, that isn't in their awareness they're actually seeking help and counseling because of the symptoms. Yes. I just happen to have an approach that uh, reverses, you know, uh, incidents till we discover, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. where the symptoms are coming from. So I don't want to intimidate and scare people by saying, oh, you have to have a trauma in order to see a trauma therapist. No, people come to me for anxiety and we discover, you know, childhood incidents that really impacted people and they have no idea that it's actually connected to current symptoms yes yeah yeah absolutely and I I really like your point there because that's the thing is that traumatic doesn't have to be yeah you've had a you've had a major accident or you've or you've you know been come here as a refugee or something it can be yeah being experiencing something that was too much for you in the moment yeah process yeah and that and that really is simply put an experience that has been too much and overwhelms the system yeah that you know could be described as a traumatic incident but for some reason the word trauma scares people but if we use an adult brain And we think back to, say, something that happened when we were four years old. As a four-year-old, it's overwhelming. It feels traumatic. From an adult brain, we're like, oh, that's all right. I'm past that. Not a big deal. But it's a big deal to the four-year-old. And that experience is still stored in the mind and the body. The problem is is the adult brain has discounted the the way it affects us still. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. What else would you like to share with the audience today, Gina, about your experience or 
um, about trauma. Um, you've been healing quite well. I have been. And you still have some stuff that comes up for yeah, you, though. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, too, I think, um, you know, here's here's my plug for the physical side. No, um, there is, it is so important whether or not, whether or not your trauma is, is based in a physical accident to move your body and to get your body involved in your healing yes. as well. Because we are a fully integrated being. Right. And that is something that, again, sometimes um, with Western medicine, we learn about com- compartmentalization. Right. So so I have five surgeons who worked on me. I have extremity specialists. I had a bladder specialist. You know what I mean? But but I'm all one body. Right. And that's just body parts. But when you think of it, it's like our emotions fully affect all of our body. Right. Our whole body um is constantly in communication with each other. And so I've had a fabulous healing team and that has been really helpful. And, um, Ward Willison, one of your past guests. I was just going to mention yeah, he him. Is, he, has, he has been a go-to for me because yeah. of doing Kung Fu for all of these years, right? So not only have we trained together, but then I go and get patched up by him. But, um, you know, Ward has been exceptional for helping with me with his knowledge of the body and all and of his skills. And helping move the emotions yeah, and the energy absolutely. and the chi through the yeah. body. Yeah. And often I would come and see you and then I would go and see him and then I'd go home and crash. Because <laughs> it would be like, okay, I get, I move this through and then he helps my body clear things right. Um, um, I've been seeing um, a fellow who does structural integration. So um, working with all the soft tissue throughout my body, which again is very important because when your body stores things, right? And people say like, oh, I've just always had chronically tight hips or I'm always tight between my shoulder blades. That's just how it is. And it's like, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's your body trying to tell you something, right? And so he is helping because everything is pulled out of place and cut through in my body right now and you know the tissues healed back there's lots of scar tissue so he's mm-hmm. working with that but and then having um I I had been doing kinesiology in the pool so getting to move in the water so a little more freedom right and then I also do a lot of my own movement and therapy all the time those things have been very helpful you know to have a whole team so that it's not just looking for one thing to help you be better you know, um, and then I think something too is just so important is is your support system. Like I have had so much support and so much love, and that love has been what I feel like has really been my baseline. Because if wow. I have a baseline of love, how can I fall down into despair, right? And it's I've been very fortunate with that. I have you know brilliant friends. My family is. My family are some of my dearest friends, right? My beloved is just exceptional, but that they have supported me. Even if they didn't understand what was happening, they're like, we're here and you're going to get better. And having that belief behind me so that I could have the belief to work forward as well, even times when it gets disheartening or scary, mm-hmm. has been really important, right? And it's and I, I would love to encourage people to not try to be solo units, right? To recognize it's like, just like our bodies are interconnected, we as a species are meant to be interconnected. And when we can have 
more people helping or people we trust helping and backing us, mm-hmm. it really does make a difference. That energy coming into us and going out of us and moving freely really does make a difference. Mm-hmm. And I remember you telling me that when you were laying on the ground and Michael, your beloved, showed up and he was, he looked you in the eye and he was super calm and he just encouraged you, everything's going to be okay. And that was that was um, a really big piece to yes. help you feel safe and that you would get through it, hey? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so kudos to Michael for sure. I I just want to mention one more thing too, is sometimes when I have clients come to me, they're either very physical, so meaning their focus is pain, or they're very cognitive and um, they're disconnected from the body, or they're really emotional and they're sort of disconnected from the logical reason, rationale part of their brain and disconnected from their body. So I see people that are, you know, we talk about the body and the mind as as a whole and integrated, but people are disconnecting from that. So their mind is disconnected from their body and their body is disconnected from the emotions. So I think it's imperative Mm -hmm. that we really do work on all all aspects, mental, emotional, physical, physiological, spiritual, all of it, hey? Yeah. Yeah, and I find for myself, going outside is very helpful. So when I was in a wheelchair, I obviously couldn't get go on my own because my arms were broken, so I can't wheel myself. Right. But even just being outside is being in touch with the environment and the physical environment is like... Well, and the uh, energy of Mother Nature, the healing totally. energy of Mother Nature, yeah. yeah. And then being able to walk, right? Like walking is one of those things we have done you know, since time immemorial, right? Being able to walk and touch trees or if you can, go in water, right? But but to move your body because yeah. your body is meant to move. Yep, I agree. Yeah, and yeah. then your emotions and body can flow together, right? Yeah. Well, I think you look fabulous, Gina, and I think you've made tremendous progress. Uh, one of the reasons I believe you've made great progress is because you've been so open open to different methods, open to looking at this stuff, and really determined to heal. So I have a, um, I have a lot of an admiration for you for the courage it takes to do this, this work, this healing work, even the cognitive pieces that come up and the anger and the, the grieving loss of mobility and, you know, you haven't been working for a while because of it and all of that. Um, I think you've done well. I know that there's still some pieces that we're working on, and that's very normal, by the way. It's very normal. Um, with the healing and the um, like the physical healing so what's one thing you'd like to share with the audience before we end here Gina um I am so grateful to be alive I would love if ICBC would recognize work like yours and work like wards and stuff like that more and say, you know, if this helps people, this is what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think it's very frustrating to feel like you're already fighting for yourself just to get better physically and emotionally, mentally, and then fight a system as well. Right. Um, So if the system could be more supportive in the healing process. And I would love for people to have more grace for themselves, to realize that there is no judgment about where you're at. There's just where you're at. Yeah. And the ways that you could heal yourself so that you can be where you want to be. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Gina, for sharing your story with us. And um, I, yeah, I look forward to working with you some more. 
Thank you, Rosarina. Okay. And have a great day, everyone. Thank you for listening to Trauma Talk with Ezrina Rose Scott. Be sure to tune in to the program again next Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, make this week your best.